Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome back to the latest edition of The Debrief. I'm your host, Edward K. Joining me today is Matt Addison and we're coming to you live following Liverpool's 4-3 defeat against Bayern Munich in yet another pre-season friendly, I believe it was at the uh, Singapore National Stadium. And I mean, Matt, we'll get right into it. I think the thing that... Uh, Stood out for everybody pre-game was probably the uh, the midfield three. Obviously, McAllister and Soboslai getting a start together for the first time. And also, Curtis Jones playing in that number six role. Just wanted to get your thoughts on sort of the, the makeup of that midfield three in the first half. Yeah, I mean, that's the one that I would expect to start against Chelsea, I think, at this point. Even if Liverpool were to buy a number six, which I think they absolutely need to do one, if not two. Um, it, it's probably a little bit late in the summer now to think that that player would come in if it's Romeo Lavia or, or anybody else at this point you know we're 11 days away from the uh, the game at Stamford Bridge it, it seems like the three that started today is probably the favorite for, for that game so it was interesting to see how it unfolded um plenty of, of comments really echoing my thoughts in terms of the defensive weakness that Liverpool have, have got I thought Curtis Jones was excellent on the ball but then you see a couple of the times that sort of defensive instincts are not quite there with him. He's, he's just not a number six. Is he? He's not a, a holding player. He's never done that defensive role before. It was interesting that Sabaslai was on the left and, and McAllister on the right. Hopefully that the injury for McAllister isn't too severe. I suspect it's probably just a, a precaution that he's been taken off with. It looked a bit more of an impact injury than anything else, maybe a bit of a, a dead leg or, or something like that. But I thought that the three of them did pretty well, but it, it, it's all kind of... It's always going to be with its limitations, I think. And until Liverpool sort out the holding midfield position, they find a Fabinho replacement. I think the impact of the other players who are in that midfield is, is always going to be limited. It doesn't really matter at the moment. You know, if you've got McAllister and, and Savoslai who are really, really good, I think Liverpool are going to cancel that out a little bit with the defensive weaknesses. So it's a little bit of a concern. I think at this point, you'd have thought that Liverpool would have got a holding midfielder in by now. They do keep shipping goals. Whoever they come up against, obviously Bayern can can score goals even against a, a really top Liverpool team. But I think there's a lot of exciting signs which we'll come to. But there's a few question marks. I think you know we are so close to the start of the season. Like I say, this is the the team that you expect to start in that first match. And I think you know if if that was the team that Liverpool played pretty much today, it is going to be the the team against Chelsea. You could see it being another four three and just as we said just before we we came on air with with this i think it could be a really interesting season for liverpool they are clearly going to score a lot of goals but on the evidence of what we've seen so far this summer there's going to be a lot of 
goals conceded as well. Yeah, I think if at the start of the summer you told the average Liverpool fan that the starting midfield against Chelsea would be McAllister, Soberslight, and then Jones in number six position, I think a, a few a few question marks will be raised, as you say. But I mean, a great opening goal from uh, Cody Gakpo. It's nice to get an early goal against a Thomas Tuchel defence after so many nil-nil draws with Chelsea in those cup games. Um, but yeah, some great link-up play, a great finish. Do, do you think he's really looking to sort of? Uh, press home that he belongs in that in that front three and and you think he's looking to sort of cement a, a starting position in the front three I mean we could even see him in midfield who knows starting against Chelsea yeah I mean I, I wouldn't be against him playing in midfield to be honest because I look at the attacking options that Liverpool have got I think him and Diogo Jota were really really good today um obviously only 45 minutes for, for Jota but I think those two are the the kind of ones that you'd look at as instinctively being very, very good at the press. Obviously, Luis Diaz can do that as well, maybe less so in terms of the effectiveness, but we've seen you know his goal in the second half, the, the way that he created that and then finished it off, I think is you know a sign of, of the sharpness coming back for him after his long injury. Obviously, it's a big summer for, for all of these players, but I just think with Jota and with Gakpo, those would be the two, I think, alongside Mohamed Salah that would be my favourites at this moment in time. I think Diaz could work his way back into it, but I just think with with Gakpo in particular, he's just one of those players that has got an instinctive knowledge of the way that Liverpool's forwards need to play. He's obviously got the, the kind of Firmino aspects off the ball, scores goals as well, is, is really important in the, the build-up and all aspects of, of the game really he just ties things together really nicely. And I I just think it's going to be a little bit of a, a horses for courses type approach in terms of, of the attackers next season. And I, th- I just think you know, away at Chelsea, we don't know quite what they're going to look like. We don't know exactly, you know, the, the midfield that they're going to pick up and, and that sort of thing. But it, it just feels like a game really that you'd look at and think that Cody Gakpo is, you know, in terms of the, the pressing, the defensive side of it. Only a couple of days ago, Jurgen Klopp said again, as he said a few months ago, that, you know, pressing is the ticket into his team. I think that is a, a bit of a, a thinly veiled, not dig, but a sort of suggestion really that, that Darwin Nunes isn't quite doing that at the moment. He did try it in the second half, but it, it just didn't quite work and, and didn't quite pay off for him in terms of, of the, the instinctiveness, I think, in, in terms of having that sharpness to, to just do it without having to think, you know, I, by the time you thought, I've got to be over there or I've got to be in this position, you know, the, the, the ball may have, have gone and, and been lost and, and the chance to, to nick it back is, is is gone. So, yeah, for, for me at the moment, Cody Gakpo is is just tying all of those bits together and Diogo Jota, we know, can do that as well. So those two, I think, are, are the favourites at this moment in time, but I was, was really impressed with Luis Diaz as well. I think between those three, and obviously Salah, we, we kind of know is is pretty much a certainty to, to start in that game. I think I think it's shaping up nicely in terms of, of the attack. I'm not quite convinced yet in terms of Darwin Nunes, in terms of what we've seen this summer. I know he scored goals, but there's still a, a lot more to, to come from him. But if four of your five attackers go into the season fully firing and, and on form and in decent shape, I think Liverpool have got you know a really good chance of, of scoring four goals in a game. And on the evidence of what we've seen this summer, they might have to. Yeah, it was such a well well taken goal from from Diaz today, and, and Klopp's got a real selection headache on his hands with with that front three. But I mean, it is in terms of the kind of problems you can have with your squad, it, it's a great problem to have, isn't it? But I mean, Nunes' second half, obviously there was a pretty poor miss late on where he could could have maybe won the game. He just he just sort of seems unable at the moment to pull himself 
out of like sort of that bottom spot in the in the pecking order when it comes to comes to the front three in my mind at least and yeah it's it's going to be a difficult one for him everyone want, knows that he needed to have a good sort of pre-season and impress Klopp and while the goals have come obviously another sort of miss like that today it's just not really helping his case is it yeah I think it's it's almost similar to when Diogo Jota came in to Liverpool and he was obviously better he, he came in at a, a higher starting point in terms of the off the ball work I think Nunes is really having to start from scratch it's it's clearly not something he's ever done previously in his career and they're having to, to teach him right from the ground upwards whereas Jota came in and kind of had a, a little bit of a, a knowledge but you know obviously wasn't quite as refined and wasn't as effective as what he, he is at his best for, for Liverpool in terms of the pressing but one of the things that he did do immediately Jossa was score goals and, and make sure that you know he might not do everything else perfect but the goals were there and I think one of the things that Nunes is, is probably struggling with at the moment and probably for the majority of, of last season really is that he knows he can't do the other stuff quite as well just yet, and that's not to say that it won't come. But until it does come, you've then got to you know score and, and not miss those big chances. That the one today, I know it's only a friendly, and you know, it doesn't particularly matter in terms of the result. But it was just another example, really, of well, the press hasn't quite worked for him. He's, he's tried his best. He's running, but it's not quite as directed and, and channeled as you you would probably like to, to see it. So, you know. We're probably not talking about the pressing and, and the other stuff if he scores today. We're probably talking about the goal. That's kind of the point that I'm trying to make, really, is that you know you can kind of silence the, the off-the-ball stuff and, and put that to bed for a few months until it comes if you score in a goal a game. And, you know, he will get chances to do that. It's just a case of, of whether he can. The, the pressure is obviously added on to him because he's not quite as, as refined as some of the other options that Liverpool have. There's so much competition for places, but... You know, I'm still hopeful that it could click into gear for him. And he's clearly getting in the right positions. You don't miss as many big chances as he does without being you know, instinctive in terms of, of the number nine position and the, the positions that you need to pick up within the, the, the centre-forward areas. But I don't know, it's it, it, it's hard, I think, to make a case for Darwin Nunes starting against Chelsea on the opening day. And I think probably all of us were, were hoping that he might show a few more signs this summer. Obviously, one more friendly to go, and it, it's hard because we don't see every training session and we don't see everything the players have done this summer. But just on the evidence of what we have seen, I think, like you say, he's, he's probably the fifth in terms of, of that pecking order. And I think probably quite a few of us got to the end of last season and thought maybe by this point we might see a slightly different player. But look, it's, it's not clicked yet. It might just take a couple of goals when the season starts and, and things can change very quickly. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, seemingly a bit of an uphill battle to work his way into that front three for the first game against Chelsea. But there was a bit of a, a bit of a concerning end to the first half. Alexis McAllister going down, holding his knee. Um, I mean, hopefully not too worrying. It did look like it might just have been a dead leg. But I mean, that was a, a bit of a heart and mouth moment for fans, wasn't it? Yeah, he did another good half. He wasn't quite as, as impressive as what he has been in a couple of, of the friendlies. I thought he really really stood out against Leicester and, and looked really good on Sunday. You know, did did some good stuff today, but maybe not quite as, as easy for him to play through. Obviously, Bayern considerably better. I didn't think they were great for, for the first half an hour, but certainly a lot better in terms of the quality that, that Leicester showed at the weekend. So, yeah, some good signs. He is one that I think would be nailed on to start the first game of the season if he is fit. And, you know, this injury doesn't do too much of, of a harm to those chances. I'm sure Jurgen Klopp will be asked about it and, you know, we'll 
we'll get the, the latest on that shortly. But yeah, the, the, the signs with him have, have been really good. And again, all of the things that you want to see from a Liverpool midfield, you look at all of the bits that were missing last season, that they're kind of there with McAllister. So yeah, good signs so far. Um, certainly an excellent addition. But like I said before, I think with him and Sabos, like you're not going to see the best of them until they've got a proper player behind them who can play in that number six position. And we keep coming back to it, you know, that that that's the one glaring weakness, I think. And that's not, you know, a slight on Curtis Jones. I think he is an excellent player. He's just not that player to, to play in that role. So I think if you get that sorted, as good as we've seen from you know Sabosley today, I thought was was okay. McAllister as well. I think we'll see another level unlocked with the, the pair of them once Liverpool get that number six sort of sorted out and and finalised. Yeah, you, you mentioned there Bayern, obviously, significantly improved opposition than anything Liverpool have played so far this pre-season. I mean, do you put the the conceding another four goals down to that? Or I mean, I mean it was it was really slack defending for that um that third goal, the, the header from the free kick. So do you think Jurgen Klopp will be worried by conceding, you know, this volume of goals in pre-season? Yeah, I mean it can't be a good thing, can it? I think it's a hard one to assess in terms of it being a friendly, but I thought Virgil van Dijk was was pretty good today. I thought he did pretty well. Look at the, the full backs and think that. You know, with again a proper holding midfielder in front of them, they could improve. Ibrahim Konate as well, I thought, was a much uh, much improved version on that right hand side compared to to what Matip was when he started. I just think Liverpool have not got much margin for error. I think if you've got you know Allison and, and a first choice back four, you get the midfield sorted out. Suddenly that looks really good. But what happens if if Konate gets injured for a month and, and Matip or, or Gomez has to play there? Suddenly it looks very different. I think. I'm pretty sure the first Bayern Munich goal today was offside by a few, a few yards. It looked, you know, fairly, fairly clear cut. But even then, Matip gets back into position. is fairly easily beaten. I think it's the second goal where he stands off too much, and, and the ball is able to be passed. I just think Liverpool have got to, to sort of be perfect. The, the, the formation that they're playing, the system that they're going in, is great when it works. But I think there will be times next season where it doesn't work, and it suddenly all starts to, to fall apart. It, it might be that. Liverpool go and, and beat someone unexpectedly 5-0 one week and, and then get beat four or five the, the following week. It, it just seems a little bit too high risk at the moment. There's too many parts that have to be perfect that just at this moment in time are, are not. And obviously that can change. We hope that there'll be at least another transfer before the season starts. I'm sure there'll be a couple more before you know the, the end of the window in a month. But I don't know, it's, it, it's a high risk, high reward strategy. I'm just not quite sure which way it's going to go at this moment in time. I think you know, the, there's a good chance if Liverpool get it right between now and, and the 1st of September when that transfer deadline is, they can have an excellent season. But I suppose it, it's just a little bit in the balance at the moment because we don't quite know what that midfield is going to look like. And like I say, the, the defence, they're obviously at the moment prioritising a left-sided defender. But I think on that right-hand side as well, there's a, a bit of a question mark. I'd be surprised if they went and, and got two and defenders before the end of, of the window but I think that is the, the obvious place isn't it number six and a centre-back if you get that sorted Liverpool have a really really good season if they don't suddenly it starts to, to, to look a little bit more in the balance yeah everything's starting to just look like a bit a bit of a gamble ahead of next season isn't it really I mean even if they get in Lavia I think heading into the season with 
a 19-year-old and an 18-year-old as your your number six options again. It, it's, it's just a bit of a gamble, isn't it? But we'll we'll finish with a word on the atmosphere at the stadium. I was uh, quite surprised by just how heavily favoured Liverpool were by the crowd at the Singapore National Stadium. I mean, normally that is the case when they go over to you know sort of East Asia for these for these kind of games. But I mean, Bayern they're no small club, are they? It's just a, a bit of a reminder of the. Uh, the reach and the global appeal of Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah, it's great to see. I know there's um, you know a number of fans over there, and, and like you say, it's it's always a nice reminder when a team as big as Bayern is kind of outsung by the, the Liverpool fans in, in that part of the world. And I'm sure you know they'll enjoy it. It's the, the second successive summer, isn't it, that they've been over there? So it's it's probably going to be a little while before Liverpool go back. I think that the suggestion is possibly that it might be America next summer. There'll be you know all the all the future destinations that Liverpool go at. So I'm sure you know they'll all make the most of it. And it looks like Liverpool have had a decent time over there. They've you know made it a, a little bit of a shorter trip this time, which I think can only be, be beneficial in terms of the commitments that they've got to do over there. But yeah, it's 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 really important, isn't it, that Liverpool go over and make their presence known in these parts of the world and, and give these fans a, a bit of an opportunity to to see the players up close. And you know, there's been open training sessions and loads of autographs and selfies and, and all the rest of it. I'm sure, you know, that the players probably enjoy that side of it as well. And I think for a few of the uh, the newer players or the younger players or you know, the, the lads who've just come in, I think it will be a bit of an eye-opener, really. I think I've heard plenty of, of ex-Liverpool players say in the past how you kind of know that it's big, but until you actually experience it and you go over there, you know, I'm sure for Soboslai and McAllister and... You know, younger players like Ben Doak and Bobby Clark, who I thought were excellent. This is, you know, a real chance to see what Liverpool really is like to, to you know, to to play for and, and to represent. So it looks like a, a relatively successful trip. It would have been nice for them to travel back today and, and have, you know, Lavia or maybe one or two more waiting for them when they come back. Obviously, Thiago and, and Stefan Bajetic to, to come back into the, the squad as well. They've stayed back to do a little bit more of their rehabilitation and, and hopefully they can be back in, in full uh, first team training very soon. So there are players to come back into it. But yeah, I think the um, the success of pre-season is always looked back on at the end of each season and, and you look back and, and retrospectively think about it. And I think for me, the, the big takeaway is if they get one or two more in, it could be you know a really exciting free scoring season where we see loads of goals at both ends and, and Liverpool do really well. But you know, it, it kind of all depends, doesn't it, over what happens, not really now, but over the next couple of weeks before that game against Chelsea. Yeah, well, the fans out there on that trip certainly haven't been left wanting for goals, whether it's Liverpool scoring them or conceding them. And I suspect uh, Liverpool fans won't be left wanting for goals this season either if uh, the defending and attacking in the pre-season is anything to go off. But that is all we've got time for on the debrief today. So, Matt, thanks for joining me and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.